and welcome to Bra Meets World. When it's Bra Meets World, your boy meets world fan cast. I am Siege. And I am Tony Curtis. How are you, bro? Hey, so did we miss anything? What's new, you guys? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is anything new happening in the world and entertainment and pop culture and Boy Meets World news? Right. I, there's so much. And like, I have to say, you know, it's we, we always try to take a little bit of a break between seasons. So we're coming back in yeah. for season six. I left season five hot. I went back and listened to a few episodes this week to try to get me in the mindset. And I remember feeling very passionately about Corey and Spanga, about the way their relationship was developing. And, you know, for this season, I'm trying not to carry that emotional baggage. I'm trying <laughs> to be fresh. Um, and a big reason why I'm very excited to start the season is because of Pod Meets World, the new Boy Meets World podcast by the cast of Boy Meets World. Have you heard any of this so far? I will say that, of course, I heard about it. Thanks to everyone, and I mean <laughs> everyone, who reached out to us the moment that it was announced, let alone when they started putting out episodes. So um, really, really happy. I'm, I'm actually happy that they're able to join the conversation and join the Bra Meets World, Boy Meets World fan cast universe like there we've been a really good or we've done a really good job of reaching out to the other boy meets world podcast and like knowing how each of them works so it's really interesting of course they are going to get the insider <laughs> information that we've all wanted all along but uh i'm really happy i'm happy for the community i'm happy that that group um is able to come together and i think it will only um encourage everyone else to keep reaching out and, and checking out Boy Meets World. You know, I've listened to maybe three or four episodes so far because I was very interested and I wanted to really know what they were talking about. And for those who are curious, you know, I was, I feel like there's room for both of our podcasts to exist in the world um, because from what I've gathered, you know, they're watching the show and a lot of what they're discussing is their memories of what it was like filming it, the behind the scenes of filming it, um, you know, what it was like for them, their memories of auditioning, things like that, which is very behind the scenes stuff, which is so fascinating for any Boy Meets World fan. But one thing I will say is that um, Ryder Strong, who played Sean, um, Will Friedel, who played Eric, admittedly don't watch the show. Like, they don't remember storylines. Like, even Topanga was like, I watched it for the first few seasons in the 90s when it was out. But then afterwards, it was on Friday night. We were all busy. So, like, they don't really have, like, storylines that they can really talk about. So, as a fan, I'm very interested to finally um, get their thoughts on the actual storylines, which is the thing that you and I do such a great job as fans of just, like, really dissecting and breaking apart. And as, as interested as I am in the behind-the-scenes stuff, I'm very interested to get their opinion on the things that don't age particularly well, the bra moments, the things that we've had issues with, just to see if as a viewer, as a fan, they're able to, to watch it um, with fresh eyes. So I, I just thought that was a really cool thing that we should mention. Absolutely. Like, I think like you pointed it out perfectly. One is that uh, in my opinion, do you know how many uh, types of Oreos are out there? Of course there's room in the market for mm -hmm. multiple types of podcasts that are kind of covering the same thing. I mean, how many times have Batman been um, kind of refreshed? There's all, it's less about the material and more about the take on the material. So in my opinion, there's enough love and 
opinions and insights to go around. And then second, like as you had pointed out, this is for them their first go around. So it's absolutely amazing for them to both see themselves and how they used to look and you know the memories that they have on set but then also for them to take a look at it and be like wait what did we say what did we put out i mean and certain ones there's no way they can't watch that episode and be like i stand by it and i would make no notes you know like like yeah. but there's going to be ones where they're going to realize how great of a, a story and of a message they did put out there and i yeah. think like i'm excited for them to see that as well i feel like especially as we enter season six um boy meets world has been such a roller coaster because as you and i've spoken about we went into this hardcore fans i mean like yeah. that's why we dedicated the podcast to it and as we watched, we were like, wait a minute, what were you saying? Like, I remembered you differently, but when I look back on it, I have some thoughts. And so um, it's really, really exciting for anyone to kind of like see where they were, see where we are now. And the one thing about Boy Meets World is it almost always will give you something to talk about. Absolutely. And season six gives us no shortage of that. Um, I, you know, I, I feel like we should just probably jump into the episode because I have a lot I want to discuss. Um, I have a lot I'm very excited to get into with the college years. Um, and I, I'm just, I can't wait to hear your thoughts as well. Absolutely. All right. So it sounds like someone should give me the tell me about it. Uh, oh, bro. I have it locked and loaded. Here we go. <clears throat> tell us about it. Yeah, Topanga just proposed. The family and friends just cannot cope. So Corey and Topanga decide to elope. Oh, look at you. I'm very, very proud. Hey. Tens across the board. You know what? Take a few weeks off from the pod. You know, your brain gets sharp. Absolutely. Okay, mm -hmm. so this is season six, episode one, His Answer. Corey deals with the shock of Topanga's proposal. He accepts. They then sneak off to elope while Eric and Jack get a new roommate named Rachel, who is immediately, who they immediately start competing for to be continued. So I had, like, there were lots of things about this episode that I was very, very interested in. One, I will say to kind of give this episode credit, I like that this episode gives not only the audience, but the characters a moment to kind of reflect on the surprise proposal what are your first impressions my first impressions uh you know i like that they were confronting the proposal but you know and i have to say every angle that someone had for why they shouldn't get married had nothing to do with Topanga realizing that she's afraid of Yale. Like no one is like checking in on her to be like, hey, like you're trying to rush a decision and you're like not even like taking a second to think about the why of it. And the why of it is that you're scared to be a small fish in a, a big pond. And like, let's talk about that and go through it. But no, it's all like, oh, you should be young. You should be dating. You should be having fun. But that's not really what this is about. This isn't about like them just choosing each other over someone else. It's that they're choosing each other over themselves. And so I just wish that would have been a bit more um <laughs> a little bit more of the focus for for the episode well actually so what's funny 
is I feel I disagree. I think that they actually do, but the characters only know what they know. So yeah. remember, the characters didn't know that Topanga proposed, except Sean, who they point out was right there. So of course he knows. He was like, I, I was next to you, I was listening. But outside of that, no one knows that she turned down Yale for this. They are just yeah. kind of getting information as it goes. And of course, they are kind of reacting and responding to it as each of those characters would. I do, like, I felt kind of a way, and I don't know which side I land on, on the fact that, like, like Angela was just as much of a what are they doing they're rooting you know like Angela was on the side of the parents and it's like I a as a black person I could definitely be like yes but then also it's just kind of like I don't like why did Angela have to be the only one the reason you know it's it gets complicated but are you asking why the one black character was responsible for keeping it real Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so a little, uh, a part of me felt torn there, but ultimately I I liked each person's response to it. And I thought that it was very in keeping, including if I may, Corey's. Corey yeah. takes a moment, Corey takes a beat and he's just like, I just got asked this question. I'm gonna need a moment. And Topanga's like, I'm gonna need an answer. You know, like I, I, I like that. But then also it's funny to me, because as I watched, just the way that Topanga kind of demanded an answer, it was like, we should get married and let's do it. Like, it did seem like, oh, this girl's manic. It, it's, it's impulsive. Like, it's, it's, it's so not being talked yeah. about, but it's shown. It's so impulsive. And one thing I thought that was really interesting was that she goes as far, you know, because uh, Corey's like, I really don't want you to give up yell for me. And then Topanga knows, like, she kind of checks him on and she's like, look, I don't want your fake concern. Do you really want me to go to yell? Because if not, then shut up about it. Which I appreciate. <laughs> But like this whole idea that like Corey's trying to present some reasonable arguments, she doesn't want to hear it. And she goes as far to be like, yo, if we get married, that means we can start fucking. So like, does that change your opinion on this? Which is a little bit manipulative maybe. It like, is, absolutely. I just, yeah, I just, I just thought that that was just really interesting. Just her determination to like do this and do it quickly. Yeah, absolutely. And I just, as I said, I felt that you're right, they don't really discuss it between the characters, Topanga's motivation, but it is shown. And I don't think it's something that you would see as a child, maybe, but as an adult rewatching, I was like, oh, to, uh, Danielle Fischel is playing this as someone who did make an impulsive decision, who didn't quite think this through and is using her relationship as a safety net and as a yeah. comfort blanket and i really really appreciated that well one thing i didn't appreciate and and maybe this is just me thinking a little bit too strongly about this but um you know shauna Corey and Topanga, uh, basically everyone who's on their side kind of makes this argument that like, yeah, we know they're young. We know they have other opportunities, but guys, they're star-crossed lovers. They're MFEO. Like they're so in love that they don't follow the rules of a normal relationship, which I think is kind of a damaging thing to throw out there because like the truth is that they do need to consider all of these arguments. They are rushing too fast. And I mean, even though it's this idea that we should support them no matter what, at the same time, having uh, like, I don't know, a real sit down conversation to just be like, hey, let's talk about what this actually means for you versus just kind of yelling at them. I just wish we saw a little bit more of that. Well, let's actually take a moment and talk about 
the different responses that we get because like let's just kind of take it in the order that we get it so we get sean who of course sorry we did Corey and topanga yeah how they kind of respond again topanga being the impulsive one Corey really wanting to take that moment and being like hey this is not traditional i always saw myself being the one who proposed i'm not saying no but i'm also going to need a moment and i did i liked that patience and i liked the it, it was kind of telling that they both lied and was like oh no no i wouldn't tell anyone and yeah. then of course they tell their their closest friends uh i was like problems already you're lying to each other and you haven't even gotten married but whatever yeah. uh, and then additionally when alan and they tell the family eventually it's interesting how Corey both tries to take ownership of it because he knows that they will come down hard on Topanga. And he's already saying, don't be mean to my fiance. Yeah. But then additionally, they decide that Corey says, we're adults. You can't tell us what to do. And that's when he leaves. And he's like, we're going to go get married. And it's like, oh, you are children. You are children who are making it decision and i think the show one of the things that i do remember about this show is i don't remember any other timeline that dealt with characters this young getting married like as like a um a story arc in this way where it's like oh yeah they're going to get married but also that is not this fairy tale thing that everyone makes it out to be marriage is hardship marriage at this age is going to be completely different than what they think it is so i'm really looking forward to seeing where this goes yeah and you know it's really interesting something that i thought about when um they're kind of having the conversation in the kitchen with alan and that feeling of um my parents did something a certain way like when he's like, you guys got married when we were this young. And that being an excuse to be like, hey, even though your life experience may have told you that this isn't the best way to do it, I just see you as being a hypocrite by telling me not to do something that you've done, which is it's such a child's way to interpret wisdom given by your parents. And that's one of those things that when you're a teenager, you don't really understand what it means for your parents to be like, no, I did do it this way. And I'm telling you to do it differently. Exactly. I felt like, uh, okay, all right. So we we have Corey and his response. Now let's go to Sean. Well, Sean, and the reason why I wanted to do it this way is because Sean is the only one who's like, we got to let this happen. Feels like to me, if we everything we know about Sean, it would only seem to benefit Sean for Corey and Topanga to get married because the stability that he felt lost in season five when they broke up would no longer be in jeopardy. So even though it feels like, oh, I'm his best friend, I understand them, they're just more in love than everyone else. No, it it also feels like it's coming from a a self-serving place of Sean needing stability from the only family that he really can depend on. Sean needing to believe in love, especially as he begins his relationship with Angela. And I think it's, it's very telling that Sean is just like, to Angela, they're different. They're not in, like, they're in love in a way that we aren't. And that's, like, A, of course, it's very sitcom and very much like, a, okay, 
not the right thing to say. But then also, it's very telling the how Sean sees Corey and Topanga and why he is their biggest cheerleader. It has nothing yeah. to do with whether or not he actually thinks that or even understands the weight of the responsibility of what they're getting into. For Sean, when people love each other, they get married, they stay committed. And that is what he's banking on. So as you said, he's kind of very unknowingly, I will say, being selfish in this moment. And what's what's interesting is that both Corey and Sean are so naive about this that Sean is like, yeah, you should get married, but also in the same breath, me and you should room together in college this year, as if that's not a decision he would have to talk about with his fiance. Like, it's just like, no, things aren't going to change. We're still going to be Corey and Sean. You're just going to have a ring on your finger. Like, it's such a naive approach from the both of them. It's actually also very telling that Corey was the one who went to Sean. I was like, that's like, you're being too supportive right now. You're supposed to be the one who is asking me these questions and making sure that I'm doing things correctly, you know? Um, and then also kind of like hopping back to Corey really quickly. Something that was said that I thought was interesting is this idea of Topango being like, don't, aren't you fearful that you're going to um, go to college and see people hooking up and connecting and feel left out. And he's like, I didn't in high school. So why would I start now? And it's like this idea of Corey, like both Corey and Sean kind of say Corey will get no one better. So lock Topanga down now. So he has like his own safety net. We're talking about Topanga using their relationship as a safety net well so is Corey and I thought that was very interesting that they both say it in in their own way and I I really like that you brought up that whole um well I didn't miss it in high school why would it bother me now comment because I immediately wrote down it did bother them in high school they broke up in season three because of it and they broke up in season five because of it so don't even pretend like it did not bother you like the exact reason you broke up in season three was so we can party and date other people so like it is a reoccurring thing in the relationship it, it's actually really funny because we get a little Lauren shout out when Topanga's like, we both dated other people. And Corey's like, I wonder how she's doing. Like, like again, it's a little they just got uh, back together. throwaway joke, but also very, very talented. They just got back together. Exactly. He's already joking about ho hooking back up with the girl he cheated on her with. Bruh, like. <sighs> well, it's not hooking up, but it was very much like she's still on my mind. So, um, all right, so Angela, as we had said, Angela finds out, and Angela seems to be, as usual, as expected of Black characters, the voice of reason. Now, mm -hmm. it's hard because I do believe, especially as we learn more about Angela, that she would take this for the weighted decision that it is. Yeah. And not just from a... Um, not just from a these are my friends and Topanga was supposed to go to Yale situation, but from a do you understand what dedicating your life to another person means? When she says they're ruining their lives, it's like, no, you don't, you aren't fully formed people yet. And I know because I've seen a marriage go wrong, how that can like deter you and what that can do to individuals. A hundred percent. I was going to say the same thing. Like Angela's coming from this from a point of view of uh, children of, 
of a divorced parents. Whereas Corey and Topanga's parents so far have had a very fairy tale relationship. And so it's like, it, it, Angela just has a lot more real world experience to bring to the conversation. And unfortunately it doesn't come off as real world. It just comes off as her siding with the parents. Um, and it just like, uh, and I'm, I mean, we're going to get to everyone's kind of reaction to it, but it just, at a certain point, it just felt like everyone trying to decide what these two people should do without ever talking to them one-on-one in a calm and like effective way, like effective communication was something that I really took away from this episode. Like everyone needs to communicate effectively to Corey and Topanga because the way they're talking to them is pushing them away. Thank you. Perfect segue into Alan and Amy, which is what I wanted to say. I was a little torn because the show kind of positions their response as, like Amy even says, it's our fault. We've pushed them away. And I'm like, you're like, the show is giving them a little too much credit. These were really impulsive children. So not completely, but I do like the message that even Eric comes to say, which is, that the more you disagree with it, the more they're going to sink their teeth into it. So this idea of Alan and Amy, very rightfully, Alan, what does Alan say immediately? He's like, you're kidding, right? Yeah. It's, it's very much like, there's no way. You just graduated like five seconds ago. And you think that you're ready for, and it's kind of an argument he's always had with Corey, which is that, you Corey is always ready to just kind of go out into the world and be like be that kid and he's like no I'm ready I'm an adult I can do this and Alan is always like no you're not and it's partially my fault because I have set you up to just not understand how much work goes into taking care of you and so every single time we get to this road I feel like it's very understanding that Alan is it's just kind of like blindsided and kind of rethinks his approach. Very similar to their dynamic in the, what was it, License to Drive episode where Corey gets his license and he's just like, let me just go. Let me just go driving. Let me go on a road trip with my friends. And Alan's like, okay, go see what happens. Like, and then they ended up getting pulled over and almost arrested. I, I wrote it down. It really was echoes of season four, episode 14, Wheels. Wheels, um, that's it, which yeah. Is episode where Corey is getting his license and even in that moment where like Topanga and Corey are in the car on their way to the judge's house I was like this just feels like Wills and very much like that episode it's an episode about Corey being like I'm an adult I I why won't you let me and the parents kind of having to understand that maybe their approach isn't working but they still need to get their point across. I also just thought it was a great kind of dissection of what it means to be parents when your kids are doing something that you don't want them to do, but they're at that age where they can do it anyway. And what do you do? Like, how do you deal with it? How do you deal with your kid getting a tattoo, moving across the country, taking a job that you don't approve of, getting married or having a relationship to someone you don't really approve of? That whole thing of just like, okay, so I don't really get to have a choice in the matter. How do I best approach this? I just thought that was a, a really good dissection of that part of parenting. Absolutely. And I will say like, so let's, let's talk about Amy a little bit. I, you know me, huge Amy fan. And I like when they let Amy be real. She's a little less 
polished TV mother in this moment. Mm -hmm. And she's just a woman whose young youngest son has told her that he's getting married. And Amy goes in really hard. And Amy's just like, what are you thinking? <laughs> like, like yeah. you know what I mean? And I, I, I do love that like level of realism because Amy, Amy doesn't baby her children the way Alan does. And she just almost always try to, tries to like get at the heart of, of the situation. Uh, and it does, it's not always well received, but I just love that they do give Amy that moment and that voice. And she's not the TV mother response. Amy is reacting in a way that I feel a character like her would react. I also love that they have these tense moments between Amy and Corey and Topanga um, that kind of occur throughout the series where Amy's just like, I know you need me to be cool mom and you need me to just like, say everything's okay but I kind of can't do that and there's something in me that's not allowing me just to nod and say that it's all good and, and I just think it's a very real moment of her choosing to be a parent versus to be comfortable or to try to make everyone else comfortable and I love that I would love to know, I don't know if we ever get it, but I would love to know Amy's backstory because we get some of Alan and we understand why Alan is the way that he is because we meet his mother, but I don't know Amy's backstory and I would love to because she does approach parenting so differently from Alan. Alan is kind of like a traditionalist and very much like, I'm the dad, I should, like what I say goes and then when that doesn't work, he's just kind of like, okay, I gotta find a different approach. But Amy is so emotionally intelligent and she really is unlike any mother we've seen on TV at this time. Mm -hmm. And I really, really enjoy her character and I would just love to know what her upbringing was like that made her be this type of parent. Like she even says at one point in time, we all love Corey and Topanga. Like, it's not, I, I don't have a problem with them being together. I don't have a problem with Topanga being the one. I have a problem with them making this decision and not thinking it through. Yeah, yeah. And, and making it so quickly, um, you know, I, uh, Feeney comes in and he kind of shares his opinion a little bit, which is basically that, hey, we can't tell them what to do, which I think this is very much a teacher's approach of this. If just like, I've been trying to tell them what to do their whole lives. We can't make them do anything. And so like between everyone's opinion, I think we've covered everyone's, um, you know, the general consensus is like, hey, we're either going to support this or we're going to lose them in our lives. So what's it come down to? And one of the things I love about Amy that they did was regardless of how disapproving, how much she disagreed, yeah. yeah, how much she disagreed yeah. of everything. There is that amazing moment where even she's like, I wish I was at the wedding. Like, even despite the fact that I disapprove, even the, despite the fact that I don't want our kids to do this, they're still our kids and I want to be at their wedding, which I, I loved. Absolutely. Um, so that does, there's one person we didn't talk about who was Morgan? Eric. Well, <laughs> oh, Eric. Eric, 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 Morgan just is like, this, this is a circus and it's not my circus. So like, like I really, I liked that they have her there uh, because it would have been weird for her not to, but also she just gives like two or three lines and she knows that this family is chaos. And she's also just like a sideline character who's here to observe and comment this ain't her circus so <laughs> <laughs> well 
also one thing i have to say about morgan is like how old is she at this point because the other kids definitely did a time jump and she's still coloring at the table so i'm just like she looks like she should be the same age that the other kids were in season one but she's still acting like the same way she did in season one so they just need to do something with her we'll have to see where that goes i agree with you it's right like you're right in the sense that I feel like her age is a little bit blurry um, at this point in time, and we'll see if they develop her at all. Um, yep. um, going back to it, Eric, Eric. Eric is the one who does understand kind of, hey, this is silly and it's crazy, but it's happening. I know Corey, I know Topanga, they've decided. So all we can do is get on board. Um, and I've, I love how he's like, can I be the force of reason? And everyone's just like, ah. And it's like this ongoing joke. But in a real way, as crazy and idiotic as he comes off, he does seem the, to be the only person who's just like, oh, you don't get a voice in this. <laughs> this is their decision and they've made it. So let's just do what we can do. I, I also have to say that I thought Wilfredell was incredible comic relief in this episode. I thought that when he comes into the kitchen scene, like he really just brings such a life to every scene that he's in. Um, I, I do have to say as much as I love Eric for trying to be a good older brother in the A storyline, I have so many issues with the B storyline between him Rachel and Jack and I don't know if we're we're there yet or whatever but I, I just knew, have to say everything good he does in the A storyline is completely taken away by what happens in the B storyline for me when it comes to Eric it's so funny you say that I I knew both that you would jump the gun and, and get in front of me <laughs> but I thought that this was a great segue because what Eric does is he says they have what like me and Rachel has which is a perfect segue for us to start talking about our brand new character, Roll Call Moment. Roll Call. Because Maitland Ward has just joined the cast. Of course, this also means we got new credits this episode, no, this season. We, we do get new credits this season, but I will say that this episode is very good at not giving us the opening credits because it starts with the recap. It's the... Corey's I like, got opening credits. Oh, I don't really? know about you. I didn't get I got any opening, credits. opening credits on Disney Plus. Interesting. Okay, so maybe I got opening credits. Me. Yeah, was no, she no, in I the got... opening credits? Was it the, the new opening one? Opening credits. It's the new one. Okay. And you All know right. how I feel about Angela not getting her due because right? Angela had to wait. But we just give new girl. But that's not the point. We love us some Rachel. I'm just saying they made Angela wait, and then Maitland just walks on in. And gets opening credits. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I feel the same way. Um, I have to. Okay, so do we love us some Rachel? I need to. I need to answer that question for me. I don't really know. I have memories of feeling like that she was a great addition to the cast, but I have to say, from this episode alone and the way they're treating her, is she? I mean, if if it's, it's okay. I have an argument that Topanga is the original manic pixie dream girl. 
I feel like she was this oddball that was meant to take this boring kid out of his life. And as soon as they got together, everything original about her faded away. And it was only to make his life more interesting. And I feel like they're doing it again with Maitland Ward. Here is this beautiful girl who shows up out of nowhere, who loves to walk around the apartment wearing very little outfits. And she's just, it's just, it all feels like it's only there to serve the men, the men in the, in the storyline. And she has no thing of her own so that that's just my initial impression okay thank you for that because first of all do we love rachel a question that we will answer this season yeah. you're right i have memories of her i i i remember the the kind of um two guys and a girl and a pizza shop kind of vibe or yeah. whatever that was you know it's like it just it's it's giving that feeling and for some reason this season feels like they were trying to pull in pieces from all these other really popular shows like for example eric is like weirdly urban this episode and I'm like, what is this from? Like, there's even, like, the scene where, like, they throw Sean out of the apartment like they would jazz in the Fresh Prince. And I'm like, yeah. what are we doing? It feels like a bunch of people watched TGIF and was like, what can we pull from? You know what I mean? Well, well. also, he Eric says a line where he's talking to, I think it's Sean, where he's like, oh, there's nothing more than life than naked ladies, which felt so much like a Joey Tribbiani line. Like, it, it feels like Eric, especially in this episode, is really crossing the border to extremely dumb Eric, which is what's what we're getting into. Absolutely. Like I said, it just feels like we're pulling from all these other shows. But anyway, I feel, and I'm going to make this argument, you guys feel about Jack and Eric. They were supposed to be a same-sex couple. That's how they are written. And I have proof in this episode with a line. But anyway, we haven't gotten there quite oh, yet. Oh, I know exactly that, what you're talking they, about. Oh, you know where I'm going with this. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but anyway, there's a quote in, uh, sorry, we haven't gotten there yet. Rachel, with the introduction of Rachel, even the way she's introduced is a, it feels like a negotiation with a studio. And what I mean by that is Rachel comes in and they're like, we need to find a new roommate. Rachel immediately appears out of nowhere, very sitcom. She's broken up with her boyfriend and they're like, oh my gosh, she has everything that we've ever wanted. Now, right before this, we see Eric and Jack get in a kind of couple's argument, one that we're very used to. And But they have that dynamic. And as, as I said earlier, Eric and Jack are very much supposed to be a couple. Rachel has just gotten broken up with. And if she's picking up on what I'm picking up on, then she would have no problem moving in with two guys. And she would be as intimate with them as she is with Jack. And she would say the exact same things that she says, which is like, I'm glad that we don't have to worry about that because Rachel is picking up on the exact same things that everyone else can pick up on. Except the studio. The studio was like, this is feeling a little too same sex and we need to throw some sexual tension in there and make sure that everyone knows that these boys are heterosexual. And, and that's what she was brought into. But the character is written as if she just moved in with a gay couple and that's her understanding of the situation right now. 
That this is so interesting that you had this as some kind of reverse threes company type of uh, understanding of it because what I got from all of I'm mean, and I'm not discounting the sexual tension between Eric and Jack and the quote that you're talking about. <laughs> it, to me, they wrote these boys as if they were like, "Hey, maybe there was a little bit of gay panic going on last season, so we need to turn their grossness up. We're gonna have them take advantage of an emotionally distressed woman. We're gonna have them constantly talking about pervy shit in front of her as if she's not, if she can't even hear them, and she's just going to politely and casually just kind of like turn away their advances while also flirting with them at the same time. And I just, I, I didn't, I didn't like the way it was written, specifically the way that they talk about her right in front of her as if it's like, oh, she sat on my lap. <laughs> like, it's all so gross to talk about another human that way. Completely agree. But what I'm saying is it feels like, I, I agree with you, but those scenes feel so weird and they feel so out of place. And it again, to me, in my head canon, and let me know what you think, it just feels like Rachel's like, you guys are a gay couple and you don't even know it yet. You know what I mean? Like, she's just yeah. kind of like, I don't have anything to worry about because the two of you are more involved with each other and you like think that you like me, but you don't really like me. You know, like, like that's, that's how I interpreted it. But also let's just take this. You're going to tell me a girl who just moved across the country to live with her boyfriend who breaks, breaks up with her boyfriend is going to move into the apartment next door. That makes no sense. If you are truly done with him, then you would not live on the same floor in the same building as him with two two strangers. This is literally a writer, a male writer's fever dream. I, and it makes no sense. I will say that in the brief background we get, she turned down Yale, which I thought was funny. Um, and apparently I think she said that he is moving to Corpus Christi to find himself. So he is leaving. She did apartment. say that. She did say that. Well, yeah. but he hasn't left yet. What I'm saying is yeah. he is leaving. You're still not going to do that. That's like, what well, you're not going to be like, oh, okay, I'll do it. You're on the same floor with your ex, your immediate ex. That's not leaving. Either you left him or you didn't. And well, all I'm saying is she wouldn't do that immediately this quickly. It was very lazy writing. And I'm just going to call it what it is. <laughs> well, this is also the most 90s shit ever. Because after seeing an array of Netflix documentaries, I would never move in with a random person on pure instinct. Like, have you seen Worst Roommate Ever? Yes, shit I have. wrong so fast. <laughs> Discovery Plus has endless material of people killing their neighbors and their roommates over the most mundane reasons. And this chick just, just like, hey, you guys need a spot? I, I need a spot. Bada bing, bada boom. It just feels very 90s. I, I, I wish that there would just have been a little bit more um, there. But I, I'm sorry, we have to talk about the quote that we keep dancing yeah. around. Oh, which again, is the if, if there's one thing you will do, it will it's jump the gun on. <laughs> I just, what I, I want to bring up is what we haven't said yet. Rachel has a moment where she goes, we're going to be just like girlfriends. Um, sleep, and she walks off, which again, goes to my testament of why would she say that to two heterosexual men? Unless she, she was picking up on something. We're going to be just like girlfriends. And Eric goes, wait a minute. 
if I'm not mistaken, girlfriends sleep together, they bathe together, and they see each other naked. To which Jack says, what does he say, TC? We already do that. Thank you. Explain that to me. You gonna tell me a straight man is sleeping with his best friend, bathing with his best friend, and seeing now the seeing each other naked. I did go to a Florida school. Straight men are naked all the time. Absolutely. That is just some hetero shit. But the bathing together and sleeping together, come on. <laughs> Honestly, like I can't explain that moment. I know that they're probably referring to like showering in locker rooms and things like that, something very hetero, but you're right. It just comes off completely wrong. And, and again, like to me, I read Rachel saying we're going to be just like girlfriends and that like, I want to like very politely tell these guys where my boundaries are in a way that doesn't upset them because men are scary more so than the I'm reading you guys as a gay couple. But that was just my interpretation of it. I think both things can be true. And like, of course, these are two male strangers who are still hitting on you in front of you. So absolutely. She was just kind of like, hey, I'm drawing a boundary and this is not going to be what you think it is. But yeah. I also feel like it's not going to be what you think it is, is don't use me as a pawn in your weird, messed up, unsure sexuality relationship thing. Like, that's also what I got. Like, again, I'm reading into the dynamic that Eric and Jack have always had and the very clear studio note that we need another female character in this mix, one that doesn't make these characters feel so same-sex. So that being said, Rachel feels written in acknowledging the dynamic that's already there. That's pretty much all I'm saying. You know, I, I, and when I think about this season and the way that they use Rachel um, in this season, it feels like, again, she is just kind of written in, and this is just my interpretation of it. She is written in because Jack says at some point in this in this episode, oh, Eric is like a brother to me. And I think the studio wanted to have this fun thing of just like, oh, these two friends, they, you know, started off as roommates and now they're becoming like brothers. What happens if we throw a girl in the mix and then there's like a, a, a love triangle thing? And that feels very studio note. That feels very like, I don't know when Dawson's Creek is coming out, but like, hey, we need a love triangle. Um, but again, why like, are you fighting? Why are you fighting it? <laughs> TC, explain yourself. Explain yourself. <laughs> when I think about, again, the, I, and this is just me remembering, I don't want to jump ahead in the show too much. The way that they use Rachel is constantly to develop the friendship or relationship, whatever it is, between Eric and Jack. It has nothing to do with Rachel. And that's my thing. Even if they are a romantic couple, she just serves as a, as a plot to bring them closer together at the end or to break up or whatever. Like, I just don't see where her original storyline is going or where she fits in and hopefully we get some of that to where she isn't just this prop for these two men to figure out their relationship that's oh, that's it and again to me i think we're saying the same thing six of one half a dozen of the other i completely agree at least Definitely. right now and so we'll see where she goes um yeah that's that's really all i i, I have to say about that storyline um yeah yeah just one more thing, which was to say before we wrap up, I do want to acknowledge that we do get a moment of Sean deciding that he too will be going to college, Thank which you. 
it's a little unfortunate that we don't get more time with that because that's a really big deal. And I feel like that is a storyline that that could have been a storyline in and of itself. Like we didn't hear when he told Angela, we didn't hear like him yeah. actually have this moment with his family or Jack or, or anything like that's a, or his boss even because well, we know he has a job. So. Well, he does tell Jack and then Jack responds to it for all of two seconds before kicking him out so that he could try to bang this strange. Like it, it's, it's so looked over. And the fact that I think it's the things change episode of season five, where the entire, entire episode with the conflict was Sean's deciding not to go to college for them to just like in one like swoop just be like oh never mind we're not doing that anymore it just feels very cheap it doesn't feel earned and it also just feels like it takes away from Sean's development because college should have been a financial decision it should have been so much more to him than just like well I, I guess I can work on the side like I, I I just wish there was a little bit more there and I'm so glad you brought that up yeah all right, do you have anything else to say about this episode? Um, you know, the one thing I want to say is that, because we kind of talked about um, everyone else, uh, but I just, at the end, uh, Corinne Topanga actually go to elope, and it kind of ends on a cliffhanger where Corey says, yes, I'll marry you, and Topanga just freezes. And obviously, we're going to have a part two to this next week where we're going to get into what her response is to, you know, do you take him to be your lawfully wedded wife or husband or whatever. Um, but I just love that in that moment, in that last, like, bit of the script, it hits her for the first time. It's all go, go, go the entire episode. We don't have time to think. We don't have time to figure anything out. But finally, when it came time to pull the trigger, she she halted and she hesitated. And I just, I, I think that's just kind of, I mean, getting to our gripe of what's going on with her, the season of her kind of rushing through these big moments, I think it's a very child teenage moment to be like holy shit i thought i was ready to make this decision i thought i was so grown but now that it's facing in front of me i realize i have no idea what i'm saying yes to so i just i i love the way that they wrapped up the the episode absolutely so uh i guess this is a, a perfect time to kind of share this information during <laughs> during the break uh someone else got engaged I'm so uh, glad you and that would be <laughs> you got proposed which is so funny it was the first thing i was like oh i have to make sure we talk about this on the show just because it's so funny that Corey and topanga have their proposal and it lines up with you and exactly and your boyfriend getting engaged yeah. um do you want to tell anybody uh, tell the, the yeah yeah ab the, absolutely the, so I, story i won't like tell the story but i will say that i also really like what was great about it a uh, for those of you who felt like we took too long, I will say it actually worked out very serendipitously because like, I don't know how I would have felt about this episode having not been proposed to recently myself. But having had that experience, it is very insightful to be like, oh, no, what happens when you do get proposed to? How do you feel? So like, again, giving Corey that moment, I was like, oh yeah, that's, like, that's, that's true to form. But then also we are... There's so many things that have literally just hit this week. And it's like, it's been a few weeks since I've gotten proposed to, but like that delay of like, oh, wait, that means we have to 
we have to find a lawyer. We have to update records. We have to like, there's just so many decisions and so many things that go into it. And I am a grown ass man. So I was like, I can't imagine trying to deal with all of that and going to college at the exact same time. Not to say that everyone like that no one can do it because there are plenty of people who do get married right out of high school and you know like it's it's possible that's not to say that it's not but it's just that level of stress and anxiety and as um amy and alan probably are well aware of just the kind of stress and weight that that is is so so different but also what was funny to me is when topanga asked Corey he's hesitant and I was like for me it was just like I I answered of course you know it was like it was just such a given and I didn't really have to think about it and again I don't know everyone's story but for me that's what a real mature proposal should be it should be something where you know and you both are like yes we are ready for this let's do this and not Okay, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, to your point, like you're two adults who live together, you have a roof already, like you have like like jobs. Like Alan and Amy bringing up some good points. You guys don't do laundry. You have no money. Like they're bringing up yeah. like such sound criticism to this idea cuz like you said, there's so much that goes into getting married. There's so much that goes into merging your life with another person, merging your families together, merge all of that stuff. The finances, everything. And so if you can't even handle getting your laundry done, like w- what makes you think that you have it in you to take on all of this? You don't you have no idea what you're taking on. And so to your point, like two adults who understand what they're saying yes to is such a different happier like I'm so happy for you guys kind of thing whereas when I see Corey and Topanga I'm just like whoa I'm I I feel panic for them on their behalf it just goes to show that just like you have to know what you're saying yes to and like I don't think that they did whereas you guys do you know well thank you so much for that and then also to to that point listeners I think it'll be very interesting to kind of have this parallel road of having someone who's also recently engaged and someone who's been married and yeah. and what's that like? And then just, I feel like we're going to just approach this season so differently because we are, we're in the place in our lives where they're trying to get to. And I feel like that's going to be very, very much like, um, I don't know. I, I look forward to seeing how we respond to that. Yeah, and I mean, they're just kids they're 18 19 i think the show ends and they're not even 20 yet so like the fact that they end up getting married that they end up living together the fact they end up working all the stuff out i'm very interested to get our like response to how the show is simplifying all of that so i'm i'm so excited to get into the season i know that this season in particular um and as we go forward into next season as well things start to really get a little shaky. Storylines start to get shaky. Characters start to show their flaws. Um, It feels like the cast is kind of getting over it. And I will say, even listening to Pod Meets World, where the cast is talking about, they're like, yeah, by season six or seven or so, we've kind of done it all and we're we're ready to be on to the next thing so it's really it's going to be interesting to see if how we notice the quality of the show shifting as we move into these later seasons 
I love, well, uh, so I've been listening to another podcast and they're always like, we're spoiler free. We never say it. I was like, we could never say that. No. DC doesn't like, DC will be like, so in season seven when they do this and I'm like, God damn it. But like, <laughs> and then yeah, all I mean, it's still going to be a fun journey. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, in all fairness, for all of the like rewatch podcasts, The Office, Always Sunny, like Smallville, like all of these podcasts that are doing rewatches they're constantly jumping around because they're assuming hey you've seen the show that came out over 20 years ago it's not like we're talking about miss marvel it's not like we're talking about uh obi-wan we're not giving you guys spoilers on something that's brand new if we spoil something i sincerely apologize but you should know that you know how the show ends yeah, I um I'm really excited um to as I said just kind of take this journey with you. So as we wrap up this episode, do you have a bra moment? I mean, like I feel like there are plenty, but yeah, and again, um, well, there is one gay panic moment where uh Corey's like, Oh, two proposals in the same day. I'm so happy. And Sean and Eric kind of give him a side eye. Um our Eric and uh Jack. But to me, the biggest thing was just the way that Eric and Jack talk about Rachel right in front of her as if she couldn't hear them being gross and perving out on her. That was probably my biggest bruh moment of the episode. What about you? So in reality, we didn't talk a lot about the judge and Foofy, but there was just kind of like their their dynamic felt a little outdated. You know, like it was just like this whole, oh my, my, my wife, she's so simple. She doesn't get it. She's naive. She believes in love. And it's just like, I didn't like it. Uh, and that was really my whole thing where I was just kind of like, did we have to do this? Like, I would think that a judge who's performing a marriage in the middle of the night would be a little bit more romantic. And like, I don't, I don't know. I just didn't like how their dynamic was. It felt a little all in the family. Yeah. Uh- also, like, no one brings up, no one's like, hey, are you pregnant? Like, no one's asking the question. They're just like, oh, they just need to get married in the middle of the night fast. Like, no one's questioning anything that's going on. One thing I will say about the side characters of the uh, judge and his wife was that it feels like the writers have a lot of fun with these, like, one-off side characters. Like, we saw a few of them when Eric and Corey stopped at the, uh, was it the roadside attraction? And, like, the guy who stopped for pie and he never left. Like, they have these, like, fun interactions with these people. The judge that pulled Corey over, like, when they were had their issues with the the driving. Um it judge feels Lamb. like the writer, yeah, Judge Lamb, exactly. Um, it just feels like that the writers have fun with these kind of side characters. Another one I'm thinking of is, what was um, Alan's coworker at the grocery store at the like first season? Oh my God, I know exactly like, what you're talking those about. Kind of, those kind of people, they just like love writing these like older kind of like, um, or the host of the game show, like it, it, like people like that, uh, that to me I think is interesting, but I can tell that the writers have more fun with it than we do. So that's why I just, I, I feel like I got a similar vibe from those uh, actors at the end. You know what I would love, like, and maybe it's because we now live in the world of the extended universe, um, but like, and, and after um, series like Scrubs or, um Gilmore Girls like I'm re-watching Gilmore Girls right now and like anytime you get like a quirky character that character's coming back like that like it, yeah. it just becomes this world and I feel like the thing about Boy Meets World which we kind of did a little bit in the beginning seasons and we've kind of tapered off is I feel like it would 
be a little bit more worth our time if those characters still lived in the world. Like if we saw Judge Lamb at a grocery store or like whatever, yeah. you know, it's like if they just became part of the community, it would feel like all of these one-offs that we're doing is actually worth something because there will be payoff even like even down the line. You know what I mean? Yeah, like if either of these characters came back for when they actually get married or when Feeney gets married, like it, it would be great to bring them back and show that they're still performing weddings and that exactly. they're a character that exists in this universe versus just being the one-off. Exactly. Uh, okay, so Feeney taught me. What is the lesson of this episode? You can't force your kids to do things they don't want to do when they're not kids anymore. That's basically it. Perfectly perfectly said and i do think like that's another thing that's kind of hit on but not i wish it was a little bit more um i don't know like loud which is this idea of they just graduated so they're they have entered the adult world they are considered adults by our society they've graduated they're 18 so these decisions that they're making actually will be lifelong decisions. And I like what you said. It's just like, A, it's their decisions to make, but B, as a parent, we do understand that these don't just go away once the bell rings. Yeah, totally. hundred percent. Great. What grade are you giving this? I'm giving this, I think this is kind of a weak opening to the season. And here's the thing. I understand that they have to pick up on where they left off with the cliffhanger of last season. But I was also not a huge fan of the cliffhanger to begin with. I actually feel like all of this marriage talk really distracts from the questions of college and the future and the things that these kids should be focusing on. So I'm going to give this like a B. Perfectly said. I was going to give it a B. So we're both giving it a B. I feel like, again, for... The complete opposite reasons. Uh, I feel like we did need to have this moment because we ended on the proposal. And I feel like if they had just opened up with they're engaged, it wasn't that big of a deal. They're now in college. It would have felt like we did like this whole leapfrog moment. And I like that we are seeing the day after and we are kind of seeing the ramifications that that decision makes for everyone. I, I do like that. Um, but I will also say that it kind of felt a little all over the place. I know we did not need the Rachel kind of subplot and the quirkiness. So B is where I'm at as well. I honestly think they should have saved Rachel for like either the next episode or the first, I think it's episode three where they like start college and like, oh, now we're we're starting college. That would have been a great time to introduce her. Like the first week of college, she's looking for a roommate, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, to when it really comes down to it, there was two storylines. One was gross, I felt. And the other one was just everyone, every character in the show focusing on Corey and Topanga. And it's just like, I don't think that's realistic. Sean just decided to go to college. Him and Angela have their own lives. Eric just got a new roommate. I just don't feel like everyone concerning their entire lives with these two characters is extremely realistic. So I, I again, I just wish there was more going on in this episode for me to like than just the A storyline. You know what's also like, so it's funny. Um, 
I am telling everyone how much I've been watching TV. I'm also redoing BoJack Horseman. And in, I think it's season four, it opens up because the previous season had ended on a cliffhanger. So it opens up with an episode that's just about the side characters. And the entire episode, you're left wondering what's going on with that cliffhanger. But instead, they give you all of these like new storylines with their side characters to keep that anticipation. And I would have loved that. I would have loved if we opened up on season six and you get Sean talking to Angela about going to college. You get Amy and Alan planning their baby. And the entire time, you're like, I'm so happy. But also what happened with Corey and Topanga. And I feel like that would have been like a really great fresh way of giving us the storylines that we actually deserve of characters like Alan, Amy and Sean, or even Rachel, you know, like that would have been a great time to do all of these things. And then you open up with your, where are Corey and Topanga and how do they fit in all of this? And I just, you know, Nothing ventured, nothing gained. It's all in the past, but I, I sure, just think sure. that would have been a better way of handling it. Okay, definitely, definitely. homework. It's been a while. What did you got? What you got? It's homework? been a while, honestly. It's been a summer of ingesting content. Um, I have so much that I love. I've actually rewatched all of Stranger Things after watching the finale because I loved it so much. And going back and watching the seasons and picking up on clues and hints to what it leads to in season four has been a lot of fun for me. Um, I am obsessed with Miss Marvel, not just because she looks like my wife, but also because um, <laughs> I, I just love the show. I love that. I mean, as someone who married into a Muslim family, this is the most accurate depiction i've seen of of what a muslim family is actually like so i just thought that was really great but also just the show is incredibly entertaining it gives me a lot of spider-man homecoming vibes and scott pilgrim vibes and i just think it's, it's just a really well done show um and also like some of the movies that i've seen this summer bob's burgers loved it black phone loved it like there's so many things i saw that i loved this summer um that I can't even really think of all about right now. But yeah, for me right now, Miss Marvel and um, uh, Stranger Things are kind of the two things that have been obsessing over. So, so what, what about you? What about you? Uh, did we talk about Black Phone? Because I also really I, enjoyed... I don't know that we've talked about Black Phone and I loved Black Phone. I really enjoyed Black Phone. I think that horror is also doing some really interesting things, especially when you're willing to meet the movie where it is. Um, so yeah. highly recommend Black Phone. Speaking of movies, Top Gun. I don't know if like, everyone's gotten on that plane yet, but it's, it's totally worth the ride. Absolutely enjoyed it. Um, keeping with movies, did we talk about everything everywhere all at once? I don't know if we have, but that's literally my favorite movie of the year so far. Like, truly, like, every time, like, I went to that movie two, three times in theaters to see it. I just loved it so much. I I had the AMC pass. It was nothing for me. And I just, I loved every part of it. Yeah, absolutely. So we got a lot of really good recommendations in there. If you get a chance, let us know what you think about those movie selects. Um, But yeah, I say go check those things out and get back to us. Of course, we have no problem promoting Pod Meets World. So check them out, see see how they're doing. And of course, uh, listen to our episodes. Let us know what you thought about it. 
Oh, one thing I just quickly want to say about Pod uh, Meets World, uh, just because I have listened to a few episodes, they interview a lot of their castmates, like Mr. Feeney and Alan have already been on. Alan actually sticks on and um, does an entire episode review with them, as well as an interview on how he got on, started on the show. And one of the things I really loved is that when they watched the pilot, um, Ryder, uh, who plays Sean, actually watched it with his seven-year-old or six-year-old and got his response before and after to seeing his dad as a kid on TV, which I think is actually really adorable. So if, for those who love this show as much as we do, I cannot recommend Pod Meets World enough. They have some really good content. Um, but like I said, like if you want to get into just like the fan theories and just like obsess over the stories and the characters, I still feel like this is the best place to come to for that. Um, and I'm really excited here, baby. season six. I'm excited. All right. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to Brown Meets World. You can find us I mean, where you found us, you found us. Yep. So uh, <laughs> make sure that it's on Apple Music, Spotify, all the places. Uh, leave us a rating, five stars. We absolutely love it. I've listened to a lot, a lot of podcasts, like rewards and everything for people who get five stars. I wish we were that diligent. We're not, but we still would appreciate five stars. So <laughs> absolutely comment, subscribe, the whole thing, like it all helps us very much. Rating us on I, uh, iTunes and all that stuff helps us a lot. And uh, you're right. We don't talk about it enough, but it really does make a difference. Absolutely appreciate you guys. Um, find us at Brum Meets World on all the places. We pretty much are lacking on social, but still reach out to us. We still love to hear from you guys. Everyone who messaged us when Pod Meets World was released, we saw your messages. We appreciate you reaching out. And this episode was really for you. So thanks so much. Um, and then I guess that's it. All that's left to do, T, is to... Remember to dream, to try, and to do some good. Do some damn good in the world, guys. All right. Later, bros. Later, bro. When the spawn meets world.